When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, welcome back to another show. Now I know that one of the biggest challenges in business today is overwhelm, distraction and inability to focus and I have to say that I can often get stuck with these things too, which means that it takes so much longer to build a successful business. Now my guest today is George Ko, and George helps people create their true livelihood, work that is emotionally fulfilling, mentally challenging, spiritually growing and fast financially sustaining. Now, whether you're feeling overwhelmed, distracted and unable to focus in your business, while it can be difficult to build and grow a financially sustaining business, George is going to to share some incredible tips and strategies for you, including how to cut through the clutter so that you can focus on what really works, a framework to help you start thinking about your marketing and how simplicity and focus will allow you to take effective and joyful action and so much more. So welcome to the show, George. Thanks, Anne-Marie. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Look, uh, George, so many people that you speak to in small business, while they love the work that they do, when it comes to marketing, that's a completely different topic. So can you share with us how we can reframe our thinking, perhaps in a more simpler way? How can we simplify the way that we think about marketing? All right. Great question. So marketing at its essence, is gathering and telling stories of transformation. That's how I like to think of it. Mm -hmm. Because I think the rest is a lot of, you might say, some might say fluff, (laughs) you know, know, making the web page look good or saying things in a different way. I mean, but at the core of it, if we have a great service or product, then we need to gather the stories of what's so great about it and then tell those stories to the people who need to hear them. Mm. <laughs> you know? I love and that thinking. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, you may hear too, and this is something that I'll often hear, particularly from heart-centered solopreneurs who really are selling their services, they feel very uncomfortable when it comes to marketing because they believe that it is a, an approach that they have to sell themselves, they have to push their information on others. And I'd love for you to share more about this because I know that what you say is completely opposite to the pushy, salesy kind of marketing. Yeah. I think that there is a natural human modesty that um, a lot of marketing trainers and coaches are disregarding mm. and, in my opinion, disrespecting. 
And I don't think there's anything wrong with being modest. In fact, humility is one of those, you know, age-old virtues. And I think that, you know, so I really don't think there's anything wrong with feeling like there's something wrong with with being pushy and, and promotional. And like I said, you know, there's a lot of marketing teaching that's trying to get us to go against that, to mm. almost become unhuman. Yes. <laughs> but when we focus on the fact that our thing, our service or product or program is really helping people. And that's really the first step. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times people or companies feel, you know, businesses feel like they have to push really hard to market something because they haven't spent enough time or effort making their service or product truly excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if I could just take a quick detour here, I recently learned that, you know, the company Tesla Motors. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, they, they make electric cars. They're very famous for how amazing their cars are. And their cars are not cheap. They're, they're very expensive. Now, what's interesting is they have an almost zero advertising budget. Wow. Isn't that amazing? It is. And this is compared to, you know, their competitors, Toyota and Nissan and folks like that spend tens or hundreds of millions a year yes. in advertising. And Tesla spends almost nothing. Wow. And this is how the founder of Tesla, Elon Musk, this is how he says, he says, too many businesses focus on things that, that don't really matter to the business. Is, are your efforts and your focus making the product better? If it's not, stop those efforts now. <laughs> you know? And I mean, that's a little bit extreme what he said, but the way they do it is they, they really do spend the money that could have gone into advertising and promotion, they spend into making the product really great. I mean, this, in, this involves, you know, not just the engineering, but of course, the look and feel of the product, how pleasing it is for the customer, and also the, the delivery method, you know, making sure that the whole end-to-end from the beginning of the product to the, to the customer's use is truly delightful. Yes. And then what they do is they then contact you know influencers like journalists and celebrities and say hey come on and drive drive our cars that's all we want you to do is drive our cars and see what you think and if you like it talk about it mm-hmm. and you of know, course and because they so, spent so much time and effort into the experience across you know as you said end to end we can't yes. help but talk about it and and share that's right. because yeah wow yeah and so so that's that's the essence right gathering stories and telling them and so Back to your question about you know, self-promotion and things like that, when you have heard a story of gratitude from a client, when you have seen how your service has really solved someone's pain, and when you see that someone else has that same pain, you can't wait to tell them that, you know what, there's something that can really help you. I mean, even if it's yours, it's like, you know what, this thing can really help you because I've seen it happen again and again. You know, mm-hmm. um, Another example is... Well, sometimes I think about the, the you know, craftspeople. They make great things, and whether it's a carpenter or, or a builder, they make great things. And they don't really have to boast very much because they could just point to the thing they built <laughs> and say, that's what I do. You know? And then people are going, that's amazing. Can I hire you to build something for me? Yes. So, again, it's gathering and telling stories. Back mm-hmm. to that. And I love that because so many of us love hearing stories, don't we? We become yeah. mesmerized and we love sharing stories. And so if we can yeah. look at our business and, as you've said, gather stories, start looking at or, or thinking about how can I create a story around an experience or something that's happened that other people will want to share. When you say sharing stories, telling stories, it immediately takes the pressure off that, 
and oh, mm. good, I don't need to go out there and push, push, push. And, and, and for many of us, we don't like to do that because it just feels very inauthentic. But what you've said right. is tell a story, get back to authenticity, share what it is that, that's so important to you and, and, you know, experiences that other people are having with your business, your service, whether you're a business owner who sells a product or, or of course, you're selling a service. So then, George, I'd love to hear you share some of your wisdom around determining what marketing methods are best for our business. Mm-hmm. Are they the same or do you have a number of, of set marketing methods that you recommend for various service-based business and different for product-based business or would you say that they're similar? Well, I focus my business, my clients, most of my clients are service providers. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I tend to focus. And right. I imagine um, probably a lot of folks here. So I'm, I'm going to start with start there and yep. then we can go into the product if we'd like because uh, there are some differences. So with the service provider and especially solopreneurs, people who tend to be handling a lot in their own business, one of the factors I think is really important is enjoyment of the marketing method. And that's something that we don't tend to think about. Like we always think, okay, well, does this marketing method work? And if so, I'm going to, you know, everyone's saying that whether it's social media or whether it's videos or whether it's blogging or whatever, whatever everyone's saying that this works. So I got to get on it. You know, mm-hmm. I got to get on the bandwagon and do it. And oftentimes we feel the pressure of doing all these different things. Yes. And back to the original point you made at the beginning of this episode is the overwhelm, Right. So enjoyment is really important because if we aren't enjoying that marketing method, we are not going to be tapping into our natural genius in doing it. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to likely to be do it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And also something that a lot of people say was, well, you know, I don't want to enjoy social media, but I know it's important. So I'm just going to outsource it. Now, there's not necessarily something wrong with outsourcing your social media, but personally, I prefer and I recommend this to my clients that if you're going to do it, do social media do it yourself and you could start in a very simple way like post on Facebook you know once a week about an aha moment that a client had that may be helpful for others who are reading about that little story mm-hmm. right and the reason why it's important to do social media yourself for example is is that it's in your own voice so as i said if you enjoy something you're more likely to do it and if you do it you're more likely to be authentic about it and you're more, like, more likely to persist yeah. right, in, in doing it. And so enjoyment is really important. And the thing is, the longer you do a marketing method, the better, the more skillful you get at it. And one of those truths we often forget about marketing, but truly about most skill development, is that it's better to be really, really good at a particular skill than to be ah, so-so at you know, a bunch of skills. Because you become someone who really stands out in that particular area. Mm. And so when it comes to marketing methods, there are literally dozens that you could do, right? Yes. And every couple of months I, you know, there's this some new marketing method that comes out. <laughs> yes. And the it's supposed to be better the greatest than, new technique or, or software yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And also depending on which marketing expert you talk to, they're going to say something is better than another. You talk to a social media expert, and of course, they're going to say social media is everything. Mm-hmm. You talk to someone who loves teaching public speaking, and they're going to say, oh, public speaking is everything. right? You, you talk to someone who loves to write, and they say, no, no, blogging is the way to really market yourself online. right? Yeah. So whom do we believe? Well, the fact is, those people who've gotten really good at what they do, of course, they're seeing results. 
And so this is why I think enjoyment is a really important factor. Mm. George, so, I have yeah. a, a colleague, I'll, I'll jump in with a, with a story and you'll, mm-hmm. you'll appreciate it because it really does validate what, you, what you're saying and he despises writing and, and once he was asked to write an article for one of the local publications here, you know, he stared for a week at a blank page. <laughs> he said, I just can't right. think. But he yeah. speaks. So, you know, in one of our brainstorming sessions, I said, why don't you just get your recorder, record into it, speak what you wanted to say <laughs> And you know what? The thoughts just flowed out. He was able to then speak it and then he sent it through to, a, you know, a transcriptionist and she put it together for him. But then he yes. really tapped into audio. He loves speaking. And, you know, for him, speaking to a recorder, getting his thoughts out into audio is something he really enjoys. So he is doing what you have just said. Tap into <laughs> what you really enjoy. What are you really good at? Because then yes. it just flows. And people connect better then to that message because you really are able to say what it is that you want to share with them. You know, you can do so authentically rather than feeling pushed and pressured into having to, you know, tweet on on Twitter or, you know, share a post on Facebook because you're told it's something that you have to do. That's brilliant. What a a great example. Mm. And what you also said here is that from what you enjoy doing, it can then be repurposed mm-hmm. to other marketing formats and repurposed by, by other people too, by the transcriptionist, by the editor. Yeah, and this is true for my own marketing. That I also love to speak. And I also, the thing about speaking is, you know, ideally we could speak in front of people in, in flesh and blood, right? Mm-hmm. But for people like me who are homebodies, <laughs> who don't like to go out very much and kind of network and all that stuff, I just do I just do online speaking. Yes. You know, and of course online speaking podcast is a fantastic medium for that. I mean you do a great job of that, right, Amory? So yeah. another medium for those who don't mind it is online video. And so what I've done is I've actually gotten used to doing video online. Now I I did I've done a lot this year. In fact, I really started this year and now I have about 60 video trainings on YouTube. Wow. <laughs> and so what I'm now doing is, you know, I much prefer speaking to writing. So uh, just like you said, I'm sending my, my best videos onto a transcriptionist and having them turned into blog posts. Mm-hmm. And so absolutely, whatever you enjoy doing, for a lot, I bet a lot of people listening to this probably enjoy writing. Okay, so you, let's use writing as an example. You can write, 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 write. You can then have someone else, you know, well, you, as you write and you post it, you know, even just send it to friends, you know, see which ones come back as being the ones that people love the most. And then you can take that writing and either read the blog post on, onto a recording and put that on a podcast or a video, mm-hmm. you know, or have someone else who, whose voice you love do it. Yes. And so, yeah, there's different ways of repurposing it. I think repurposing is something that many of us tend to don't know whether it's ignore, but we may not realize that we can repurpose things. And I used to many, many years ago think, oh, well, I've written an article about that. I can't repurpose and share that on an audio because someone will, may have already read the article. But that's not true because mm. someone may appreciate audios rather than reading because that colleague I refer to, he doesn't like writing and he doesn't like reading either. So the way he absorbs information is through listening to audios, which means had I only written, then I may, might have missed out on a completely new audience who would love to hear me speak. And similar to you, there's some people who may not like to read the blog posts that you shared, George 
George, but they may love watching video and, and you getting there on, on YouTube and sharing your brilliance that way. And we often take that for granted, don't we? That's a great example. What a great example. Yeah, absolutely true that people learn in different ways. Some people much prefer to read because it's faster. Some mm-hmm. people prefer to listen because they don't have to be at the computer. They can be you know, washing their dishes while they're listening. Some people much prefer the video format because of the multimedia, right? Yes. Now, the block people have about reposting something, let me just kind of speak to that for a minute here. It is absolutely fine even with your article, Amory, to repost it or even to rewrite it mm-hmm. and post it again as a separate blog post. Like maybe you wrote it two years ago and if you look back at it and now you have you know, slightly different thoughts about it. So you can say, hey, this is a reprise. I've rewritten this. This is sort of like a you know, 2014, 2015 version of this you know, original blog post or whatnot. And the thing is this. We live in a society that is filled, inundated with information our lives are, are just overwhelming with information. So if a message you have, if an idea, a teaching you have is you feel is truly important, it is your responsibility to repeat that to us. Mm-hmm. Because if you repeat that to us, it signals to us, your audience, that, oh, this is something I had to pay attention to. I've noticed that even if I say the same thing that I did before, like I, you know, I say the same thing, same idea on a podcast I said the last episode, people really actually appreciate that because mm-hmm. they hear it for the second or third time and oftentimes they finally get it. Yeah. Or maybe this time when I'm saying it, I'm saying the same idea but with a different context. Yes. Saying, having said something before, having said something di- after that was different. And now that I said it, it's really clicking with them. So. I mean, how many times do we listen ourselves to a professional development audio or read a book? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we implemented everything that we read the first time round and it had great results, I mean, we would all be, you know, so (laughs) much better off. But how many of us continue to struggle? We chip away at the little things and then the more often we hear something, the deeper it becomes embedded in our psyche. And it, it really, as you said, it really step by step by step. So never be afraid to to repurpose or say something again. You know, I have a saying that I have kind of thought of that if I share a tweet again or an article again, and if someone has, and they haven't, but if someone says, hey, haven't you already shared that before? I'm just going to say, and you know, people listening today can, you know, use this if if this happens to you. This is so important. It is worth sharing again and again. And I'm going to say it again, because it's something that so many people aren't doing or need to be aware of, which is true, isn't it? We can say things, repeat them. So very, very important. Do you yeah. have a favorite? I know that you've said you've got now over 60 videos created. Do you have a favorite way of marketing? Would video be one of the, the things that you really appreciate more and you enjoy more over all the other marketing strategies that you have, George? Yeah, I really enjoy video and I do it actually mostly as a way to think. <laughs> because I have a regular weekly schedule to create another training video just and to put it on YouTube. So knowing that schedule, and this is something for all of you content creators, you probably already know this, and, and you know, Anne-Marie, you I'm sure know this. If you have a schedule, if you tell your audience when you're going to be doing it on a regular basis, you're far more likely to do it. Yes. You know? <laughs> but if you just don't if you don't tell anyone your your schedule for content creation, content delivery, it's very likely you're going to keep putting it off because you want to make it perfect. Yes. And so I really like video. However, 
I also like social media a lot because I get a lot more engagement on Facebook, especially for me. Mm-hmm. So if I create a great video, I will share it on Facebook, and that's where a lot of the engagement is, rather than on on YouTube. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I want to make sure I, I, I share a, a couple of quick ideas about the whole gathering, telling stories. We've talked a lot in this episode about really content marketing is what some people call it, you know, mm-hmm. sharing ideas and therefore people finding you useful and valuable and then coming to, to check out your services. But in terms of gathering and telling stories, there are kind of two, you might say, channels to do this that I recommend everyone do this. Okay, So one quote-unquote channel is to tell those stories to your clients and your, and your previous clients. And here's what I mean. If, you know, all of us have worked with, well, those of us who have a service-based business, okay, you probably have worked with clients and you probably haven't been, been great at following up with them about referrals. <laughs> ah, yes. If that's true for, for you, please raise your hand, right? And so your clients are one of the most valuable sources of new clientele for you because if they have had the problem that you solve or if they had the dream that you help people achieve, chances are they know other people who have that same problem or that same dream. Mm -hmm. And so if you aren't following up with your clients and and previous clients on a regular basis for referrals, you're not tapping into a very obvious client source. And a great way of following up with clients is to tell them one to three recent stories Mm -hmm. from your own business. And so as you follow up, let's say you follow up with a client every three months. Just say, hey, you know, just want to check in with you. How are you doing? Let me know if there's anything I could do for you. And I also want to share with you a couple of little celebrations I've had in my business lately. I helped this person achieve this. I helped that person solve this problem. And I would be grateful if you know anyone else who is dealing with any of the above to let me know because I have some openings right now in my business and, and I'd love to talk with them about how I might help them. Yeah, love you know? that. So follow up. The second channel to share your stories is your, your own referral network. And this is something I really want to it's, – it's really too bad that, that more of us aren't doing this. So many of us who are listening to this right now probably feel like we're working alone because with the internet, we can do so much without leaving our homes. And if you feel like you're working alone, it's, I, I want to encourage you to start creating what I call a referral network. And this is basically, imagine having you know, 24 peers or niche mates whom you talk with on a regular basis. I say 24 just because imagine you have a phone call every other week with, some, with a referral partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so imagine basically you keep in touch with each of your 24 once a year, okay? Just kind of catch up. And when you get on the phone with them, what should you be talking about? You should be telling each other stories. You know, it's like if Anne-Marie and I were referral partners, you know, we get on the phone you know, half an hour a year and, you know, she would tell me two or three stories of recent transformations with, that she's done with her clients and I would do the same. And what happens is now we remember, okay, so that's what Anne-Marie does. Thanks for refreshing my memory. I'm going to be looking for people for her, mm. right, and, and vice versa. And so imagine you had 24 of these people looking out for you and knowing what your stories are of transformation and vice versa. And, of course, your, referral, your ideal referral partners aren't the people who do exactly what you do for the exact same audience. It would probably be uh, people who 
do something slightly different than you for the same audience. Yeah. So okay. it's complementary, complementary services. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I love that mm-hmm. idea. And so this is obviously something that you do, George. So in your mm-hmm. online networking, perhaps through LinkedIn and, and Facebook being tools that you've already mentioned you use, you would mm-hmm. search out for people. And if you see that they're, the audience that we serve are similar and that you serve are similar to that other person, you would then reach out to them and say, look, you know, we, we serve similar markets, would love mm-hmm. to connect and see how we might support each other. Is that kind of of the approach that yeah. you use? Well, yeah, and, and be even more direct. I'd love to see how I might refer new clients to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, have, <laughs> you know? And who wouldn't say no to that if they right? And, and specifically, was like, hey, I'd love to get to know uh, get to know your services better, and and maybe we can refer new clients to each other. Yeah, kind, kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So love that. So, George, one thing that I ask uh, all of the, the guests or, or from, from the last few shows, and I would love you to, to share your thoughts on this too, you've been in business for a while now. And looking back, would you do anything differently knowing what you know now in your business? Yes. I have spent more than $30,000, if particularly in the first couple of years of my business, mm. buying a lot of informational products and trainings. Mm-hmm. And what I would do differently now is I would improve my Googling skills, my search engine skills. Because what I've learned over time is that much of the information that we buy in trainings can be readily found online, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a blog, whether it's a video, can be found for free. And what's amazing is that oftentimes the information we find for free is actually better than the information that we purchase. And the reason why is this. The reason is because free information has been that comes up on search engines, that comes up on the first page, has been naturally vetted by many more people than the ones that have are purchased that are behind a paywall is what, what's called it. Now, I'm not saying that nobody should sell information, but I'm saying that when it comes to buying information, a lot of times we can't see reviews. We can't see, you know, one difference, of course, is like online courses, there's a, there's a thing called Udemy.com where mm. people can give reviews and you can get a sense of, okay, whether, whether this is worth it. I greatly believe that people should be hiring for information providers. We greatly believe that if you're going to spend money, spend money hiring someone to actually talk with them. Yeah. That accountability <laughs> and, partner and someone who can stretch you because how many of us, and yeah. I have to say yes too, we've bought information products and then they sit on the shelf oh, or yeah. you don't download all of the audio files if it's an electronic and it's kind of right. like, yep, well, there goes that investment. Yes, yeah. just because it's free doesn't mean it's less useful and less valuable than something that costs $2,000. Mm-hmm. And I speak about this for my own own experience. I will tell you, I'm a reformed information marketer. The last time I sold information, I sold it for $2,000 per sale, per sale. And that was back in 2012. The stuff I am producing now and putting on YouTube for free is better in quality than the stuff I used to sell for two thousand dollars. Yeah, amazing. And so that's that's what's amazing. So, for example, I mean, you know, your your podcast, Amory. I mean, I, I I've listened to at least one of your other episodes. I'm like, this is so valuable. I mean, if people knew that just this free information can really change your life if they apply it, and you know, you may if you find yourself not applying it, hire a coach, hire Anne Marie, you know, to <laughs> really George. get you to implement <laughs> yeah. right because that's more important than buying more information. Absolutely. So that's what I would do differently. Fantastic. Thank you so. Much much for sharing. Now, George, if people want to find out more about you, how would they do that? 
<laughs> yeah, my website is just my name.com. So G E O R G E K A O, georgecow.com. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you so much again for coming on the show, sharing your wisdom. It certainly is or has provided us with a lot of food for thought and start to implement really looking at what we enjoy best out of marketing and really become familiarize ourselves, get good at that rather than spreading ourselves too thin, trying to do too much. And of course, go and check out your videos too. I'm sure from the link to the website, we can click through to your YouTube channel as well and and watch all of those incredible videos that you've shared. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure being here and I look forward to hearing from anyone who's listening to this that has any questions. Fantastic. So there you go. Lots of tips to help you market your business. And as George said, go and have a look at the videos because he has really provided some incredible insights on that to help you market your business. Share stories. And how many of us love to share stories? Start to follow up with clients. I know that there's many of you that aren't doing that. So that is one thing that you can do on your action sheet this week. Why don't you let us know, what are you committing to this week? What's an insight? What's an aha that you're taking away from today's show? All you need to do is go to the show notes, which you'll find at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES133 and go ahead and let us know in the comments section what you're going to do. We can be your accountability partners and of course your cheerleaders when you start to say, hey, I've noticed a difference in my business. For now, this is Anne-Marie. Have a fantastic week and we'll catch up with you next week. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customized sponsorship packages by emailing beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.